There are several core elements to any Bond film, but out of all of them, it seems the most central is the villain. What would there be to watch if there was not some criminal being hunted down by 007? For the filmmakers however, this plot necessity often forms a dilemma. How can they rationalize some terrible, dastardly plot to destroy the world? Although they do not explicitly say it outright, behind that very statement is a philosophical dilemma of what drives human actions. There are several articles out there that seem to have been at least somewhat prompted by this question. An NPR article titled James Bond Villain Sophine is the latest in this harmful movie trope details the fascinating pattern of facial disfigurement and villainy. Why do villains need to look villainous? Ancient depictions of giants, goblins, and gorgons all wrestle with this question of otherness as a feature of those who do terrible wrong and are thus frightening. Artwork of these creatures can be quite terrifying, but the visual connection with evil seems to point to more of an effect of villainy than a cause. Crime does not pay, and it is likely that it will affect your external experiences and thus set you apart. As a brief aside, there are theories regarding how these monsters' myths originated, for example, the Odyssey's depiction of Cyclops and their strange diet may be a cover for a deeper fear by Lambda Lambda Eta Nu Epsilon Sigma, Greeks, for Zinu Omicron Sigma, foreigners. No time to die, why Rami Malek falls short as a Bond villain by CBR.com gets closer to answering these questions. Lack of screen time and lack of apparent maliciousness are the two main factors the author sets up, and these make sense. Evil seems to require more than normal explanation, and thus we need to see more of the villain in order to better resonate with his motives. The scariest villains truly go to extreme lengths and display their evil in every action. Turning to medieval monks such as Thomas Aquinas for a brief moment, there are some important principles that may serve to answer the central issue, what drives human action? Villains do evil, but why? Does somehow their evil make sense to them in a twisted way? First of all, all human actions, if they are truly human, will have some goal. What separates humans from irrational animals is free will, and thus adding free will to an action makes it a human action. But the object of the will is the good, as the intellect is directed to the truth. So why choose evil, or better yet, how could we even choose evil? There has to be some reason, there cannot be an infinite regress. If you kept saying because dash there would be no real reason driving the whole train of because. Often, as a basic philosophy college class experiment, this question will be posed. Why did you do X? Eventually, if people are honest with themselves, the answer will be happiness. Run through the experiment yourself. Ask why you do something, and run as far back as you can. Why am I writing this article? Because I want to reflect on a film I watched recently. Why do I want to reflect on a film? Because I think it will assist my intellectual development. Why do I want to develop intellectually? Because. Well, I'll make this easier on myself and just say I want to be happy. Now there is an important distinction that must be made at this point. Happiness is a broad, somewhat abstract concept. For what we ultimately think happiness is will differ from person to person. Wealth, honor, fame, glory, power, goods of the body, general pleasure, some other created good. World domination and killing millions. Except, that one just does not seem to fit the list. Of course, one can bring in the basic concept that everything that exists has substance, and being, and thus is a good, and thus it can make sense for one to have the will directed to it. If you see some good in it, you can pursue it. But what can make one possibly see good in the actions of the Bond villains, or for that matter, Bond himself? Looking at evil actions, medieval monks such as Aquinas continue to wrestle with these questions, and turn to scripture. As it says in, Hosea 9:10, they became abominable as those things which they loved. In other words, an action is bad because of the evil object, and that object will be evil because it is missing something that should be there. 
So what is missing in the goal of the Bond villain Sophie? Spoiler alert Dash's family died. And he wants revenge. Fairly simple goal, right? But one can see this is not a satisfying goal. It is not going to make him truly happy, neither will wealth, or glory or any of the other items listed above. Can revenge be perfect? How can one truly redress a wrong? Won't it be temporary? What will it really even accomplish? If I had to bet, it seems that Sofing will likely still feel hungry for chocolate cake after he kills millions. Now, seeking revenge is not entirely illogical. Vengeance is lawful in many circumstances, and the everyday desire for justice is one that makes the desire for revenge such an easy one for movie writers to twist to fit their villains. It is something that we can resonate with, and hence goes back to the basic concept that there is something there that Sofine thinks will make him happy. It will not make him perfectly happy, but he does not realize that yet. Only the perfect Avenger can be God, whose mind, yes, analogy here, God does not have a mind like humans, will not be directed to the intention of evil in the one upon whom he takes vengeance. If one takes pleasure in another's ills, that is contrary to charity, to love one's neighbor. As it says in, Romans 12 21, be not overcome by evil, but overcome evil by good. Now, not all is correct with Bond either. The Jack London quotation at the end of the film does have a ring of truth. The proper function of man is to live, not to exist. I shall not waste my days in trying to prolong them. I shall use my time. If we see someone simply wasting their time, doing nothing, there is something unhuman there. This may be why we question the humanity of those in comas. It may also be why there is something frightening in the prevalence in mundane jobs where essentially one lives as if in a coma, security guards at a desk for hours upon hours, cashier swiping item after item. But the proper function of man is not simply to live. One should not waste days trying to prolong life. Time is indeed meant to be used. But there is so much more than simply to live. The greatest destiny is to be with, Jesus, in paradise. Luke 23:43, and the pursuit of that above all else is the most important to pursue. And this is an urgent destiny. The desire to slow down is good, but we do not have all the time in the world, contrary to what 007 says. We don't need to go faster, we have all the time in the world. Human life is so very short, so what will we do with our time? Now, the answer is very simple. Safin says that humans want to be told what to do. Egypt flourished when it had a pharaoh for the first time. Alexander the Great created an empire by being a ruler and giving people instructions. But these rulers are imperfect. On today, November 21st, the feast in the Catholic Church of Christ the King, this desire to be ruled must be redirected to the true ruler who can see the entire kingdom, and knows what is truly best for his subjects. From college advisors to instructions on an airplane, humans accept, and are often relieved to receive instruction from others. The chief action of prudence, command, is difficult, and having the guidance of another is important. So why not have the guidance of the one who is most important of all? This way we can avoid a tragedy of our own making like Sophine, and instead choose the ultimate goal that will make us truly happy.